Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Right Now Talk Radio. I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name of Vegas. We're broadcasting live from Detroit. We got a special edition tonight, 6.30 on the East Coast, probably like 3.30 on the West Coast, probably the next day in time. So uh, today, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Vince Nellis, a.k.a. Vegas. Who am I? Who am I joined by today? Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Right Now Talk Radio. I'm co-host Jay Ellis. Welcome. Welcome to Right Now Talk Radio. This is your co-host, LaVentry Donqua, and yes, we're live from Metro Detroit. Live from Metro Detroit. Um, Today we got a really important topic. Uh, We've been trying to uh, uh, decide how we were going to introduce this topic because, you know, normally always comes to funny jokes. Right, right. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that my jokes are funny. Right. But today it ain't funny. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to do something that's a little bit, that's, that's actually very, very serious. We're going to try to have some good times with it, but we are going to, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to dive into it. LaVenture, what, are, what is the topic that we're going to um, handle today? Today we're talking about race. We're talking about race relations in particular. And although we've heard a lot of conversations about race. We've probably even had conversations about race, but we thought well, we would deconstruct the concept of race and race relations over a new series, and we're calling it Race Talks, the talk. Mm-hmm. And we're starting off today addressing the very fundamental question about race. Which is? Which is, mm-hmm. why is it difficult? to talk about race. That's how we're going to start the series off. All right. Why is it difficult? Well, um, you know, I take a lot of courses with African-American studies and writing courses, performing art courses, and when there's ever a time to speak about race, I do notice that there becomes a tension across the room. Mm -hmm. Now, usually this tension is between um, sometimes Caucasians and also as well as African-Americans Asian, you know, you name it, a lot of people start to tense up. I think that naturally they think that when you're going to speak about race relations, that is going to be negative due to some of the history in uh, American culture. uh, We all know about slavery and things that happen like that, the civil rights movement, the Brown movement, et cetera, women's rights that separated a lot of people. And um, usually when people are getting ready to have that discussion, I think that those um, issues come to mind. Also, it forces people to look at themselves and evaluate themselves. And sometimes people don't want to really, you know, I guess see the ugly side or the non, um, you know, attractive side. You know, it, it makes them face their feelings. And it also brings along with pain. Some people feel that, you know, to talk about the past is painful. You know, and they just don't want to revisit that pain. So you have a lot of factors, but those three are usually the main ones. The pain, sometimes the guilt, guilt. and sometimes just we don't want to talk about what was bad. Mm 
We don't want to talk about what we don't feel comfortable. We don't want to revisit it. Right. We don't want to mm-hmm. revisit it. Okay, if anyone's out there listening, you have some things you want to add to this uh, race relations talk that we're having today on Right Now Talk Radio, give us a call. We're at 914-205-5635. Once again, that's 914-205-5635. Or you can go to our websites or our Facebook page and just listen in, okay? Um, I think that it is hard to talk about race because, like I said in our past shows, I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but in order to move forth, you have to heal from something. And I think that African-Americans, we have not healed from slavery, from the civil rights movement, because I think the main thing that caused the virus, that was, that's what I'm going to say, was never, has never been, never, never accepted or never brought to the forefront of why you went through this. And if, like they say, well, you have to get past it. How can I get past it if you never apologize? If you never owned up to what you did, I can never really get past it. And that's one of my thoughts on it. What does that apology look like to you, Zay? The apology that I want to say is that, hey, listen, we enslaved you guys. A lot of countries have done that to, to a lot of different races. But we really did enslave you guys. And you guys, did, you were enslaved. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do is apologize and say that was wrong, what we did was absolutely wrong, and what we're going to do is offer you something going forth. Like when, 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 uh, during the, when they were building the trains that was going out west, when they were taking the aging immigrants um, to build these trains so we can expand the country to go out west, mm-hmm. those immigrants and, and, and their, um, their inheritance, basically, they repaired them. They restored them. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying is with, with, with slavery – it was never been accepted. Who would that apology come from? Well, the apology would come from to say, as of right now, it, it, I would say the government. It has to go to the government. Okay, so like, so if that apology came tomorrow, mm-hmm. are you? Are you but it's, it's more than just an apology. It's almost like a, a biblical repentance. You apologize. We were going to start treating you like we treat each other. Okay, we're sorry we did that, and this is what we're going to do to make you feel better. It's just like when your husband apologized. He just can't say, well, I'm sorry, and walk away. No, he got to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Now, here's a ring, Kobe. You feel what I'm saying? So if you never do that, and I mean, that's what's going on with African Americans. It's never been repaired. The relationship has never been repaired. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. a perspective. Yeah, that's a perspective. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to add just real briefly, um, it's interesting to say that Mm -hmm. that the apology, in a sense, never came. Now, um, just a little brief history, then I'll move on. Uh, Basically, there was a doctor, a female doctor, a psychologist. She did write a book about the psychological damage of slavery. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that uh, slavery damaged psychologically a lot of slaves. So there wasn't, like we have now, antidepressants and counselors for them. So they carried these um, issues that went on, and it was never really treated and resolved. So now slavery ends, you know, and then you're going on about your life. However, there was no treatment. Right. So, therefore, uh, things are passed down from generation to generation that may be poisonous. Now, hold on. Not only, I want to take it a step further, Mm -hmm. not only was there help mentally for the enslaved, but think about this. What about the people who did the enslaved men? Right. 
they did not even have the psychological treatments to say that, look, um, what we did was wrong, and this is how we have to, you know, uh, look at it and, and blah, blah, blah. So there was never really a healthy way to deal with it. Ne- it never dissolved, correct? Right. With so now you're getting this lumpy, right, you're getting this lumpy race relationship because we never owned up to it. We're mm-hmm. not saying that we're going to be upset if you, if, that you apologize, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that you did it, now we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. start a war. No, if you say, hey, I did it, now this is what we're going to do right. to repair this. But at the same time, I, I'm i going to offer a different perspective because, um, Jen, I believe, I, I, you, are you referring to the book? Um, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. post-traumatic slave syndrome. Now, one of the things the author offers in that text is that mm-hmm. she says that the apology probably may not come. That's true. And so what right. do you do from there? Mm-hmm. How do you begin to move forward if the apology never comes? So they mm-hmm. use the analogy of a, a spouse, a husband. Mm-hmm. He does something wrong. I will not like to use Kobe as an example. Okay. <laughs> I will use another example. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say your spouse. Okay. But what if that spouse is a repeat abuser and they keep saying sorry, mm-hmm. and but so they're not going to change. So I offer this perspective. What do what are you going to do? And don't call me a Reaganomic. Okay, I don't call you a Reaganomic. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guilt on you. There was no guilt. Yes, there was. There you was just no guilt. Excuse me, America. Did I call her a Reaganomic follower? What I'm talking about what the doctor said. In the okay. Well, what, so what did the good doctor, doctor say? The good doctor said that right. your healing probably is going to start from within. Right. If you wait for somebody else to, and I, and now this is not to excuse the oppressor. This is not to excuse the one that enslaved. But what it does say is that what I'm proposing is a, is a thought that do we have to wait for the apology to start the healing? Well, here's the thing. No, you don't. Because it's two sides of the story. I understand exactly what Vegas is saying. You want that apology because you want people to repent their sins. Okay, but at the same time, it's a choice to repent, and everyone is not going to take that choice to repent. So what do you do as an individual to start your healing? And there's different forms of repentance that I think that the government has tried. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're going to repent by, I okay. guess, you know, we're, we're, we're going to. I don't know repent. what they've tried. What, right. what have they tried? <laughs> we're going to repent by sending you all some grant money. Or we're going to, really? you know, something no. like that. No. I'm, I'm no. just saying. No. I'm just saying, in their mind, that may be a way of repentance. Now, in your mind, that's not. Okay. Okay? So, okay, Zay wants so, to jump in. He wants to jump in. What's Zay's name? This is a very good conversation. If you want to join in to Right Now Talk Radio today um, and and uh, share your opinions, you can call us at 914-205-5635. Mm-hmm. Let me get that again. It's 914-205-5635. LaVentra. And we're talking about why is it so difficult to have a conversation about race. Because we started. I look at it as very simple. You don't want to be held accountable for what you've done. And that's why you can't have a discussion about it. If you never are held accountable for what you've done, then how can anyone have a conversation about anything? Like, really, if someone, okay, for instance, you go to your, you go to, you, you go to your kitchen. Mm-hmm. The kitchen door, the kitchen refrigerator is cracked open. Yeah. 
Somebody didn't drunk all your latte. All your latte gone, bitch. I don't do cold latte. I don't do slap a lot. Wait a minute, the purple stuff. They drink all your purple stuff. They're not the sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> they drink all the purple stuff. Right. Yeah. It's two people living in the house. Just say it's you and your husband. Just say. Okay. You know, you know for a fact he, he drunk your purple stuff. <laughs> but instead of saying, hey, I took the purple stuff, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go get you some sunny days. I don't do sunny. I don't want no damn sunny day. I want my purple stuff. Right. And he keeps saying, well, you can sit up there and talk about it as long as you want. I don't recall what happened to your purple stuff. But I can now go get you some substitute things, but not really. I'm not going to talk to you anymore about this purple stuff. Got it. And so you said, so, so I No, no. But I'm not going to get stuff. No, but you're going to say, I can't believe that he drunk you all just drunk all my purple stuff. Right. Want to offer me all these little okay. sunny D's right. and, right. and uh, right. snapple fruits and uh-huh. when I wanted my purple stuff. You wanted the purple drink. But, but then purple you know drink. I'm going to move past the purple stuff or a great drink. I, I may put another yeah. purple stuff in there You're gonna, with a little surprise. But that's right. <laughs> but you're going to move past it. But how is that relationship going to be? It's going to affect oh. our relationship. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Tasmania, 
Uh, where was the other one? Australia. These were all in, the indigenous people of these countries were of color, and now they're not. Mm-hmm. So can I? You know, why do we have but a reclamation problem? Because you, because your past, you take over. You take over. So in other words, you're dishonest. You can't be trusted. So nothing until you change. Mm-hmm. Until you say, well, listen, that was my ancestors. They right. did stuff. Because the reason they don't want to come, what, the reason they don't want to come clean with it, because then you're old things. Once they tell you that, hey, we did take over your country, we took this and that, and now they owe you something, and they don't want to take it back. So then they say, well, why can't we have an honest race relation? Because you're not honest. First and foremost, you're not honest. But what, but what if I can be honest about it, and then I just, I don't necessarily, does that necessarily mean I have to do something about You don't it? have to, but you're so damn dishonest. <laughs> that you don't even want to get to that point. Okay. And that so was, I, I think the most vivid explanation that was given to me is when I studied abroad and I studied in another country, uh, particularly it was an African country, mm-hmm. and we actually had a dialogue about race. We had a, I'm sorry, we had a dialogue about slavery, the enslavement of Africans. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question to the, the lecturer at the time, um, who happened to be somewhat of a chief, and I said, once wait, you wait, learn, wait, wait. Said, somewhat of a cheese, somewhat of a cheese. What was it? African country. A cochise. What was it? Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did, so you, did you make up that title? Right. You went to that country and made up a title for them. Right. Yeah, ain't you part of America? Go <laughs> on. I, I take some where I get right, right now. This is what you're going to be. Yeah, <laughs> somewhat of a cheese. You are what I say you are. <laughs> you know, we 
need ways to, I guess I want to say stop the oppressor and then also how to deal with those who's going to still make that choice who have hurt you or will hurt you. Yo, 
And I did do a little researching on um, police and how it was started, but just briefly, because I know we were running out of time, and we're sorry we didn't get a chance to get some of the calls in, but we are going to continue this conversation. Um, There are a lot of, you know, people out there who are trying to actually resolve the issue. I believe that Dr. King Jr.'s son, he's Dr. King III, he's the owner of Bounce Television, if you have a chance this Tuesday at 8 o'clock on Bounce TV, they will be discussing where do we go from here after we have the town hall meeting with the president. And after you listen to right now, talk radio. <laughs> now you can go ahead and we're starting, you know, we're still talking, but we're about to start some healing. One form of healing they wanted to start was basically having um, training. And it's called the escalating training for uh, local police. Um, and who receive federal and local funding, and if you don't get this training, then you do not get this funding. So, you know, they want to start that. But I think also the relationship with the police is very interesting because um, it was actually started off in different countries, and it trickled down to the U.S. and the North, and then in the South, the reason I want to talk about the South policing back in 1800s is because the South Police was actually called Slave Patrol at one time. Mm-hmm. They patrolled the slaves. And then after that, they, you know, merged to the police. Well, <laughs> Unfortunately, well, and right. they, you know. And let's be honest, that's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that's causing us. Jennifer has a lot of great topics. Um, I mean, a lot of great points. And it's just, that's what it is. It's that we don't trust you because you haven't done anything to better us yet. And that's the thing that you got. The police has done nothing to really better our situation. Yes, they police us, but is that really bettering your situation? When when uh, ghettos are developed by the country, by this country, they have the developed ghettos. They have redlined African Americans in the past to live in certain areas. So you put it like basically you made us live in certain areas, mm-hmm. and then you put the Okay. So once you put the police in there, mm-hmm. was it actually to control crime or was it control to keep you in there? Right. right. So, so now. And that's where a lot of that yeah. started in the South. So a lot of that was carried over, you know, when the people started to migrate, more African-Americans police migrated up north. Mm-hmm. But the north, that was not, they were not slave patrols. They were watchers. They were called watchers. Or the okay. KKK. <laughs> no, that's right. South, south. Well, what about, well, some of the KKK was in, 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 in enforced by police officers. They allow yeah. them to be police officers in the day and KKK at night. Mm-hmm. So, so thank that? you for joining us on our, our first in a series of uh, race relations to talk. Um, we invite you to listen to upcoming episodes about this. Uh, we are going to sign off now and check our website to listen to more of our uh, previous shows. And thank you for joining us today on Right Now Talk Radio. Until next time. Be safe.